What's good, Lobo fans? This is Jamal Mashburn Jr., and this is episode 66 of the Talking Grammar Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammar with the Albuquerque Journal, and this is episode 66 of the Talking Grammar Podcast. Glad you're watching, glad you're listening. However, you're here, much appreciated for you guys joining us on what is now the, uh, I guess, fourth episode of our kind of relaunch of this podcast. And we've been getting a lot of good feedback from you guys. Uh, today's guest is Jamal Mashburn Jr., the star shooting guard for the Lobo basketball team. He is a preseason, will be a preseason all-conference pick and uh, is the leading scorer of the Mountain West last year. So Jamal has a, a he's certainly um, a confident uh, guest and a confident player. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode with him. Um, hope you're enjoying all these episodes. You can always give us feedback at ggrammar at abqjournal.com is my email address. And you can also um, get me on Twitter at any time, at Jeff Grammar. And so far, this podcast has had a whole lot of uh, reader and, and listener engagement and feedback. And hopefully you guys will continue that going forward. So you can get us on YouTube. You can get us at any time on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, we are available. So hope you enjoyed this conversation I had with UNM Lobo shooting guard, Jamal Mashburn Jr. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and this is episode 66 now of the Talking Grammar podcast. Today's guest, Jamal Mashburn Jr., Lobo fans certainly know him. Um, for those that don't, I'm going to do a quick little rundown here before we uh, before we get going here. But as a junior, Jamal led the Mountain West in scoring, 19.1 points overall for the season, 21 during conference play, obviously made all conference. We'll do so again in the preseason polls that are coming out here shortly. He's already scored 1,470 points in three college seasons. That's 1,233 of them as a Lobo in just two seasons. In just his two years as a Lobo, he already ranks 23rd all-time scoring in a Lobo uniform. He's behind the names like Cameron Berstow and Marvin Automatic Johnson. So he's already made a mark on Lobo basketball and uh, obviously wants to do so again. And uh, that's what we're here to talk about, about what the mark that Jamal is about to leave in his last year or in the next season of uh, Lobo basketball. Jamal, welcome, man. Man, thank you for having me, man. Thank you. This is, as we record this, um, about a week away from official practices. I know you guys are working out already anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious, uh, fans that maybe don't follow, um, you know, either on social media or I know we talked in, in July, we had a press conference. Remind us what you what you did this summer and kind of I know coach always talks about you being a gym rat. I know you've been in the gym yeah. a lot. So what'd you do this summer? Man, um well, yeah, I got in the gym first thing first first and foremost, but I would say this summer was more important for my mental aspect and just uh um, you know, I've 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 written and journaled my whole life and um but I really took the next step this summer in uh my reading and in my writing and just really just focusing on what I want my future to look like and what I want my now to look like. Cause the most important thing is the present moment and the now. So I was really working on my mental man and just, uh, you know, staying out the way. Um, you know, I'm from Miami, Florida, a hectic city, but, yeah. um, you know, I stay out the way, stay in the gym, man, stay with, stay with family, people that are close to me and that love and support me. How long have you been writing? How long have I been writing? Yeah. Probably for, oh, man, I was saying consistently, since I was 13, yeah, 13, 14, that was when I got my first journal. And what are you writing? Some people write to 
save what they're thinking and they go back and look at it. Some people just write to get it out and then maybe don't ever look at it again. Yeah. I'm curious, are, are you a writer that goes back and reads it or are you a writer that just has to get it down on paper and then it kind of, you know, therapeutically gets it out of your system a little bit? I'm a little bit of both depending on the day. Yeah. Um, I'm a big goal setter. Um, when I set goals, I get them. And, um, and, and, and when I write them down on paper, it's something that I can focus on and kind of just speaking to reality. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a way for me to really release all of the anxiety that has to do with the sport, because, you know, all of us know as athletes know that, you know, we're all trying to accomplish something and there's a lot of stress that goes into sport. So how are you going to, um, relieve that kind of stress? And that's kind that's just been my reliever ever since I was young. Um, because I'm, I'm such a big competitor. I want to win. I want to be good. I want to play well. Um, but, you got to be able to be calm also and uh, just kind of let it flow. Let the work show because I'm a person that does get in the gym, does work out a lot and does uh, um, show it. And it's prideful of showing that. Um, but I also just got to let it just come, let it naturally flow. So it, It's easy, especially a guy like you who works in the gym as much as you do. It's easy to get obsessed with it and, and to have it take you over mm-hmm. a little bit. I'm curious how much the writing um, maybe helps you get away from basketball. Are you writing just about basketball? Are you writing about things that have nothing to do with basketball? Uh, I mean, just life in general, not just basketball. Um, It's definitely, uh, writing is definitely a focal point just in my whole entire life experience. And, um, but what I'm writing, I'm writing down affirmations for myself. Uh, We talked about Deion Sanders, uh, someone who's mastered manifestation and positive self-talk. I mean, he's done it throughout his whole NFL career. I mean, you hear him in his interviews, people saying that he's, overly confident you know he comes off you know in certain ways to certain people but man that dude never talks negative about himself he's he's he puts in the work and he's confident about himself and he believes himself faithfully so um those are kind of the things that I'm writing about just and that translates through basketball through life through work you know what I'm saying anything so and his his whole point is it's okay to be confident it's okay to wear sunglasses yeah. it's okay to do <laughs> to do you and, yeah, and and what other people think about it is uh you know, they're going to think about it. Let them, let them think it. You're in the spotlight. Lobo basketball players in this town are in the spotlight mm-hmm. with your name. You're in the spotlight too. Um, with your game, you're in the spotlight. So, uh, I mean, following a guy or, or at least kind of looking at his lead to, to sort of accepting, yeah, I can be confident and I can, I can live how I want to live without all these other people around me telling me how to do it. Yep. I mean, he's, he's the kind of guy that I think that, uh, probably is good for some athletes to, to look forward to. Some people don't agree with that. They don't, yeah. But, I mean, some people do. And the people that do, those are usually the ones that are uh, that just say no to the naysayers and say yeah. no to the ones that uh, don't believe in them. Um, because if you're not going to believe in yourself, who's going to believe in you? You know what I'm saying? So he's, he's, he's mastered that, man. And he's, he's brought it down to his kids, uh, you know, he, he, all the way. So he, I have big respect for him. You're, you're a guy, too. Uh, you brought up his kids and, and they're handling – you know, the name uh, very well. I'll, I'll kind of transition there. I know uh, every time I talk to you about this, I, I kind of put it in this context and kind of preface it with, I know you get sick of hearing about it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. People that are listening to the podcast. Never sick of hearing um, it, man. It's, well, we can well, talk about it all the time. Well, so that, that's what's interesting, too, is is you're, you have a coach, too, that, that has the same kind of thing where people ask about your dad a lot. Mm. Um, you're close with your dad, and, and you, you've kind of always said what you just said is, is you aren't sick of hearing about it. Yeah. Um, tell me what it's like being Jamal Mashburn Jr. and, and carrying on you know, a, a college basketball career and, and kind of carving your own path with a name of somebody that's done it before you at a, such a high level. Man, it's, uh, you're right, such a high level. Man, I, first of all, I'm just so grateful um, 
just for him to be my father. And, you know, I, I couldn't ask for a better support system and a better dad. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's my best friend, everything in one, you know, he's my biggest critic. Um, and just to carry that name, it's just, it's, it's very, I feel honored. I mean, I feel like almost like I don't deserve it, but I do deserve it. Um, just because of, you know, I've been fixing my self talk and stuff like that, but like, Man, it's just, it's just, man, I'm so grateful just to be a part of a family like that and, and be learning from a guy like my dad who's had such a, you know, a great career, NBA career, a career that I want to emulate and be better than. So, um, and he's learning and he's, he's, he's continuing to teach me and talk to me and uh, we talk every day, man. And it's just, it's such a blessing and I, I'm just so grateful. That's all I can say. I'm just grateful. Not anytime it's been a burden, it's been far more outweighed by the benefits of being that of, of carrying that name. Oh, yeah. I mean, because that's what I focus on. I mean, the more you focus on the positive of things, the more positive things are going to show up because that's the manifestation piece we talked about. Um, the more negative things you focus on, whether it be about this, the more negative situations going to come up and the negative thoughts and stuff like that. But every time people bring up my dad, man, I'll talk about him for an hour, you know, whatever questions they got. Um, you know, when he scored 50 against Scottie Pippen or or, you know, how was the All-Star game, like when I met Yao Ming and stuff like that. Stuff like that, like, I'll always talk about that, man. How much does he bring up any of that stuff? He loves to bring it up. I mean, he, <laughs> man, but the thing is, is like, I, I crave the information, though. I always love to hear stories like that of him. Well, so you have, you have some siblings. I'm curious, mm-hmm. how many of them play basketball? Uh, so my sister, she played basketball all the way up until she was a sophomore in high school. Does but, he bring it up as much with them as he does with you because you're pursuing basketball? Um... You know, that's a great question. He'll bring it up in general, just as a, right. he'll head, he'll be the head of the table and he's just, he's talking about himself, man. But we love it though. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, 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 he's earned it. He's earned that right to talk about himself like that and to, to, to bring up those old stories and those, those, those moments. And I just love to hear about him. We all do, you know, as a family. So it's amazing. Do you have any of, uh, any of those stories that he tells sometimes that, that through the years maybe got exaggerated a little bit or, or uh, that you've kind of caught him in like, no, it wasn't 50 against Pippen. It was 44 or something like that. Nah, I mean, my dad gave Scotty 50 straight up. <laughs> and he guarded him the whole game. Like, so he he don't exaggerate nothing. There was a story about um, when he played on the uh, USA Select team versus the Dream Team. Yeah. Not exaggerated one bit. I mean, he the stories is, is so famous and so blown up nowadays. I still get stuff from it to this day. But... You know, when he's talked about Larry Bird and about him scoring on Rodney Rogers eight straight times in a row, it was for real eight straight times in a row. And I asked him that, I'm like, Dad, like, we're off camera. Like, you can really you can happen? tell me, did that really happen? He's like, man, yeah, Jay, I wouldn't lie to you. And my dad would not lie to me ever. So That's awesome. That's, yeah, that's cool, man. So, not everybody has somebody to lean on like that doing exactly what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, pursuing the same, kind of going down that same path. You got him in the gym. I saw some... Uh, I saw on Instagram some pictures of him in the gym. How often yeah. do you and him still get together to work out? I know you got trainers. I know you you do your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how often is uh, is a junior and senior in the gym together? That's a great question. So I love to talk about this because he 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 kind of doesn't want me to say how much he's in the gym, but I'm gonna say it. So we get in. He gets in with my trainer every time in the morning at 9 a.m. three times a week. So from Monday, Wednesday, Friday, he'll get in, and then we'll have a Saturday session where it's just us. So. And I work out seven days a week. So, but that Saturday session is strictly just for me and him um, getting up shots, getting up reps, play a little bit on one on one here and there. He's still trying to get back into his 
real game shape to yeah. play me for real, for real. Because uh, right now I won't disclose any any game information right now, but but you know he's 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 getting back to his shape. He's he's in great shape. He's always been in great shape. He can still three. He can still windmill do all that. So I mean, so he's trying to get back into. He, he wants one more go at it before. Uh, before he can't do it anymore. He wants one more go where you and him can go one-on-one -on -one a little, huh? Yep, exactly. He wants that, man. We're, we're as competitive as ever. So, I mean, we, 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 we've we always been like that. So, so. I'm curious. I asked uh, Jamal Baker Jr. Um, when he was here last week, I had asked him about growing up. He had an older sister that played that was like four years older than him, and he said they used to go at it. Yeah. Um, at what point in high school did they kind of have to stop playing and all that? I'm curious at what point. It sounds like you guys are getting back to where you guys are playing. Mm -hmm. Was there any point uh, in your growing up that you and your dad had to kind of stop playing where you were starting to get a little bit of the advantage on him? Oh, absolutely. Um, I would say when I got to about, I was still in Miami at the time, still at Gulliver Prep. I didn't go to Brewster yet. I was around my sophomore year of high school. All right. And um, probably, no, freshman year going into sophomore year, I was getting faster. I was real, I was getting stronger, bigger than him. You know what I'm saying? And I was just, I was feeling good, real confident in myself. And I had, I probably had beaten him a couple of times and then we had stopped because he wasn't working out like he's doing now. Yeah. And now he's back in the flow of things, working out, getting shots up, getting his rhythm, you know, together. Not like it's ever lost, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, probably when I was a sophomore, sophomore in high school. All right. This him. gets back to him and he hears that you've, you've now put it out there that he's getting in shape and you guys are going to, you guys are going to get in the gym oh, yeah. together. We're gonna have a camera crew and everything too. You are? Oh Good. yeah, it's gonna be. We're gonna have refs. We're gonna have. We're gonna have all that. We're gonna have. It's gonna be set up. It's gonna be. It's gonna be nationally televised. <laughs> any uh, any predictions? I'm gonna say my. I gotta go with myself every time. I mean, I, I, he's gonna give me some buckets though for sure. Just because you know he's so good. He's he's my favorite player. So I know all his moves though. That's the thing. So I'm. I can be there, but he's also six eight. So it's it's a little bit harder to contest. But I would say I'm always gonna say me. So always right. gonna say me. Growing up with dad, um, he obviously, this is something else we've talked about. I want you to share with the listeners a little bit. Um, you know, I started, as you guys play games, I'm taking notes up in, in press row, and, and I just take little notes. And every time you hit a mid-range shot, I just kept hitting mid-range. Um, if whoever scores, I put their last name down. So I just kept writing mid-range mash all the time. Yep. And uh, so we started kind of calling you mid-range mash, and, and, and I don't know how long you've been called that or if that was just something here at UNM mm -hmm. or what, but... Tell me how you got that mid-range game. The the you know people call it a lost art because um, mm -hmm. everyone's either scoring at the rim mm -hmm. or scoring three-point range because that is what the analytics that the computers will tell you. Yeah. Those are the two most valuable shots, right? Right. Um, they go in the most. They're, they're, the value of the three-pointer makes it worth stretching out. All mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So nobody's taking that mid-range shot anymore. You mm -hmm. took more than anybody in the Mountain West Conference last year and made more. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm curious why the mid-range shot that nobody else is really doing why that is something uh, that is such a, a vital part of your game. Yeah, I. Uh, so when my dad first, so just take it back, when I, I picked up a basketball when I was 10 years old, I was first a, a lacrosse and football player. Um, my dad kind of let me, uh, he didn't force me to, not force me, but he didn't say like, Jay, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. He kind of just let me figure it out, let me flow into different things, different sports with different friends and all that. But when I got into basketball and I really committed to it, um, that was the area that I was always in um, because when you're a kid and you know, when you're little, you kind of kids kind of push their shot yep. from their chin yeah. and he never wanted me to do that. So he always wanted me to keep the ball high. So I couldn't shoot threes back. I didn't shoot threes back then. Like I remember there was for the first three years he was training me. He wouldn't allow me to shoot a three because because you didn't you know, have the strength if you weren't pushing it. Exactly. Yeah. Because he wanted me to keep it all up high and I had a hitch in my jump shot for the longest time. Um, 
but it, but he always taught me just to have my shoulders strong and keep the ball up high because it's in the NBA or in the highest level, you got to get that shot off and it's right. got to be a high, it's got to be a high arc. So I grew up just in that area for the longest time, just in, in my development process. And then once I got into middle school, high school, those areas were, they just felt so natural and they felt so comfortable. And I always say to the, to, to people nowadays too, like, Man, I can shoot the three. Like I can yeah. shoot the three. If you can shoot the mid range at a high level, you can back up a few steps and shoot the three. I I, I understand this year. I'm a, I'm gonna have to take a little bit more threes. <laughs> I probably I will take a little more threes because I've been working a little bit more on my three and just the 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 fluidity of it. Sure. So, um, but yeah, man, that's I've been mid range mash since 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 I was started pick since I picked up the right. basketball literally. So in high school, that's how I was scoring. I could get to the rim. You know what I'm saying? So. That's always been an area that I just loved, and I studied the the great ones that were in that area: Kobe Bryant, Demar Derozan, um, um, Lou Williams, uh, um, you know, guys like the Devin Booker nowadays too. I mean, he's amazing in the mid range. So, yeah, I just kind of always grew up in that area, man. Well, so that's where that's where you were developing. You said through high school, you kind of already became, you know, the mid range was already part of your game. Then, take us to uh, when you really became kind of landed on the national recruiting stage was probably at Brewster, right? I guess maybe the year before, but Brewster Mm -hmm. especially. Yeah, it was um, Brewster Academy. Brewster Academy, yeah, that was kind of where I came in as a top 100 player. So I was like 90, I don't want to get that number wrong, probably like 97. I just scratched the 100. Um, But when I got to Brewster, that's when we kind of took it to the national level because we were playing nationally scheduled prep teams. Right. And, And luckily I ended up winning two national championships being a captain my last year on that team and uh that Brewster man Brewster is an amazing experience man amazing experience some of the guys on that roster I mean some names <laughs> some names man we I mean I can go through a list man Kai Jones uh Terrence Clark um R.I.P um Jalen LeCue Joel Brown who's at Iona now um a handful of guys Zane Meeks uh, Alonzo Gaffney um I mean these are from both teams too Kadari yeah. Kad- Kadari Richmond um yeah, these are from both teams, man. So we you mentioned loaded. you mentioned Terrence Clark for for Lobo fans that uh, get there early, get to games early. Um, they might see that last year. Did, I don't know if you did it both years, but I know you did it last year. Last year, yeah. Um, you would always bring out during warmups. You'd bring out a t shirt and set it on the on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, t shirt was of Terrence Clark. My and boy. Uh, tell us a, a little bit about why you're still doing that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so just to take you through the whole Terrence Clark situation for people who don't know, um, before he he had gotten drafted and he uh, well, he was going to get drafted, yeah. he was down in L.A. with his agency and stuff like that. And, you know, car things happen and accidents happen and, you know, tragically he passed away. Um, so now, I mean, he was my best friend, man. We won national, we won a national championship together, two of them together. And man, we bumped heads every day in the gym, man. And he was a gym rat, man. And if you want to think, you want you say I was a gym rat, man. That kid, man. That kid was, um, that kid was something special, man. And uh, he always pushed. We always pushed each other. You know, he was top five in the country, so I always wanted to go at him. Um, and I was who I was, so he always wanted to come at me. So the reason why I bring the shirt and uh, you know, through pregame and stuff like that, just because he gives me just the extra energy. You know, every time I'm in the gym and I wear number five. You know, that has a different special meaning to me. Like, I got a tattoo right here of five with a heart because after every time I write a passage, every time I write, I always end the passage with five with a heart. 
I've been doing that ever since I've been doing it before I met Terrence. Okay. And um, so the number five has just so many different special meanings for me. And he's definitely one of them, a big reason for that. And uh, yeah, I just him, him having him on the bench, man. And then, you know, I, I kind of, you know, tap him on the chest, on the on the shirt and point up to the sky just because that's when I know that he's with me. You know what I'm saying? He's with me all every day, every day. Very cool. And, and for those that may not remember, basketball um, fans, junkies for sure, definitely remember. I mean, he was going to be a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. You know, he was yeah. uh, he was he was going to be doing just fine. Oh, and yeah. um, I know uh, that Brewster Academy time gets you going to now when you're getting recruited to Minnesota by Richard Pitino. Um, mm-hmm. That recruiting process is is what got you here, really, the recruiting process to Minnesota. Yeah. How did the recruiting go and why was there such a bond formed between you and Richard Pitino? Um, the, my recruiting process was surprisingly really smooth and it's, it wasn't as hectic as I thought it was going to be. Um, the reason being is because Richard was very adamant and very, very involved from, from the jump. So even from when I was in Gulliver before Brewster, he's, he, he was calling me, he, he, he broke down film and even like, like he was just so attentive with my game and he under, he knew my game from the jump. Um, and I just was comfortable with him and I trusted him and I'm like, man, okay, if 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 I have an opportunity to be with a coach like this that can, you know, let me play my game, let me get better and, and still push me and still coach me and 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 I can still learn from me. And this is the right situation. So it was a no brainer coming from Minnesota over here. He like honestly. So um when you say it was a no brainer to come here, you you are going from the Big Ten to the Mountain West though. Yeah. Um there was a level question about um, you know, who you might be playing against and all that. I'm curious, you've been here now two years going into your third. Mm-hmm. Any regrets about that part of it, about going from the Big Ten level to the Mountain West level? I'm going to be honest, it's all the same. I'm going to be honest. I would say the only difference between those two conferences is the media exposure. Yeah. I really would say that, honestly. I mean, in my two years being at New Mexico, I mean, I, I can see – us comp- like our team this year, I can see us competing in the Big Ten, being top four in a bit in the Big Ten or in any conference. Honestly, um, I would just say definitely the media exposure and stuff like that, and just the outer look of how the Mountain West looks and and how the Big Ten looks. Those are two totally different. You get two totally different feelings from the outside fan. Sure. You know what I mean? So, but as playing wise, I mean, it's basically it's, it's all the same to me, honestly. So you came to UNM kind of sight unseen. You you. You knew you were going to follow Richard Pitino when uh, when he left Minnesota and came here. Um, you are entering your third season. I'm going to ask you a question from the booth now. The guys in the back mm-hmm. um, wanted to know um, sort of what's been your biggest surprise or, or shock about living in New Mexico so far the past few years. Like, is anything that uh, maybe surprises you that you didn't think about ahead of time when you got here? Honestly, it's a unique place, man. Yeah, it is a unique place. Um, I really like the weather, but no, I would say honestly, the people here are are, are honestly really nice. To so the people I've interacted with, I mean, I've heard a lot of outside stories about New Mexico, a lot of, a lot of crime, a lot of drugs, all that stuff. But man, the people that I've interacted with, man, they've 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 shown me so much love, and like I I, I can't thank them enough and be grateful for every all the community here in New Mexico. I mean, they're, they they've been the kindest people to me. So. Um, Probably that. That yeah. probably surprised me a lot. Yeah. Because where I'm from, Miami, you get a whole variety of different personalities, different ethnicities, different 
everything and, 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 and you might not know what you run into, but over here, man, I've had no bad experience. None. Very cool. No. Any any food thoughts about New Mexico? I know there's a, there's a different food in New Mexico yeah. than, than maybe you're used to, but are you okay with the food here? I'm a, I've been I mean I've been good with the food here. I like uh right. I'm a I'm a shout out a spot is Vamos Con Gloria. All right. She she holds it down. Now she they got the burrilla tacos with the with the dip and the fries. Man, I we we have a sign and sheet there, so our whole team goes to that spot. Not everybody should go to that spot. That's a that's a spot right there. That's but not I love even the an NIL deal or anything right there. No, that's it's just not. A, that's where you go. That's just where I go. That's where I've been going since I first got here. So that was my sophomore year. I mean, she's yeah, she holds it down. She that's awesome, down. man. Um, now we're here. We're we're at New Mexico. Um, so far, uh, you know, first season you guys get thirteen wins, but it's a rebuild, right? I talked to you and Jalen House on 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 the podcast. Uh, it was actually episode forty nine of this podcast um, last year before the season started. Mm-hmm. Talked to you and Jalen, and you guys said, essentially both of you agreed that you guys had an NCAA tournament level team last year mm-hmm. um, going in. I don't know that I believed you. Um, the The rebuild was from from what Richard Pitino and, and you guys came and took over to, to that point. I, I didn't know if I thought you guys would get there, yeah. but you did. You didn't make the tournament, obviously, so so that fell short. But you guys were so close and and certainly on that level that uh, I would say I would say that even though you didn't make the tournament, you guys were right in your prediction, and, and I was probably wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious as you look back on last year, from 14 and 0 start to not making the NCAA tournament at the end, mm-hmm. was that a disappointment last year, or is there some some pride in the fact that you guys did make that step to to ride on the cusp of the NCAA tournament? I don't think it's a disappointment at all, actually. I mean, if anything, I think it's a it's a plus, and we learned so much as a core group. Like the dude, like me and House, man, we learned a lot from last year, um, just as being leaders, being being uh, being being the older dudes on the squad. Um, you know, we gotta have everybody all in. Gotta have everybody all in, and it's it can't just be a. Uh, um, you know, everybody can't just ride a high of fourteen and zero, yeah. and then and then get to the middle of the season where you know dog days, people tired, you know, people might be a little bit more frustrated or whatever the case may be. We all gotta just you know we can rest after the season. You know what I'm saying? We got we got sixteen more games and we got whole not we got the whole conference play to play. So I would just say, man, if we can have everybody all in at all times, man, it's, it's a special thing. And you can see what it did in the beginning of the season. And if we carry that over, I mean, who knows? It would have been a different outcome. But, I mean, we learned a lot just from that that whole season. So it wasn't a disappointment at all. The pit, the pit kind of uh, um, regenerated a little bit. It, it, that's what the pit used to be. You had some sellouts for the first time in a long time. Talk a little bit about some of those pit crowds. Is that what people told you when you came here? I mean – my, I remember I had a conversation with my dad, and he was like, "Yeah, the crowd's gonna be like, it's gonna, it's gonna get be similar like Rupp Arena, yeah. like you know, they gonna, they're all in, man." And I'm like, I didn't really believe him just because I ain't know, I didn't really know nothing about New Mexico before sure. I got here. But man, when I um, when I see the crowd and they and and I hear I hear them roaring, man, and, and I, it's just it gives me such good energy, like 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 because they're all in and. And I know other teams are fearful of that. Like when they have, like when we go on a run, or if we hit a three, somebody get a dunk, a steal, or anything happens, man, they're gonna react and they're gonna they're gonna let you know if you're doing something bad too. They're gonna let yeah. you know if you're not playing hard. They're gonna let you know if you're, you know, not doing the right things too. So 
um, you know, I, 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 I really appreciate our fans and I really expect them to be even more all in this year for sure. Puts a pressure on you too, though. I mean, you, you have a, a responsibility when you're asking the fans to buy in that much and to give that much energy and then they do and they reciprocate and, and give you all that energy. And there's, there's some pressure on you to, to you guys then have to perform and, and give it back to them. And, and it kind of goes both ways, right? Do you I feel mean, pressure? I don't feel pressure at all, honestly. I mean, I just think as a fan base, I love, I love, I love our fans, man. I mean, I, they, and any fan base is really gonna, if, if you're all in and if you have a, if you're playing well and, and stuff like that, your fans are gonna really love and appreciate you. If you're playing hard and you're playing the right way, they're gonna love and appreciate you. And if you're not, you know, they're gonna let you know and they're gonna be, they're gonna pull your coattail and okay, we just gotta pick it up next game. We can't lose in our home gym. You know, we can't, we can't go down double digits in our home gym and not fight back. You know what I mean? Or, um, you know, because that's home court. You know what I'm saying? We got to protect home court. Let's talk about those fans this year and what they're going to get. Uh, we'll start wrapping this up by telling fans what they can expect mm-hmm. out of the 2023-24 season. Um, you are a senior. Jalen is a senior. You guys have some some older guys, mm-hmm. uh, veteran leadership. Some of the new guys are, are veterans, too. Um you're going to get some hype in the next few weeks. You're going to have some preseason magazines and stuff come out. I know John Rothstein has already um, in his offseason picks uh, picked you as player of the year. Mm-hmm. I know you and House will be on a lot of all league picks again. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, the expectations are going to be, you guys are going to be a top three team in the Mountain West, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is a fair expectation for fans um, of this Lobo basketball team this season? Y'all should expect pure excitement and pure just just winning basketball and um you should expect us to play hard every night for you guys every uh, every one of you guys should expect us to have energy um and we're gonna win some games man we got a special group like we got a really special special group man and I I know I know I said this last year and I was real confident last year. We had a special run last year, but I really do feel special about this one this year, man. I mean, I, I think we're really going to turn some heads and uh, and make some make some noise, man. We just got to stay locked in, keep getting better what we need to get better at. And, you know, official practice hasn't even started yet. So we still got a long way to go, a lot, a lot of learning yeah. process. But, I mean, y'all should expect way better than last year, way better. Way better. Like, way better. Personally, um, not from a team perspective, but personally, what may be different? Is it is it more of the same or just a, hopefully a better version because you worked all offseason? Or is there something specific that you worked on that, that might look different on the court from, from you personally this year? Um, I would say for me, definitely, I mean, we said this before the podcast, I my three-point attempts will go up. They'll, they'll go up, but I think they'll go up naturally. Like, y'all, it won't be like a, oh, four, he's forcing threes. Nah, it'll go up naturally just because of the work that I put in. Um, but I think also just on that defensive end and just being completely, completely locked in on that end just with everybody, um, I think that's something that, uh, that I, I want to be able to show. Just I can guard the best player, like – I can really pick up 94 feet, you know, and still go out there and give you 20. So um, you should expect more of the same, but uh, just definitely more of a complete player. 
going to rapid fire a couple of these here. You guys got some newcomers, mm-hmm. four Division One transfers that are joining uh, this team this offseason. You're a Division One transfer yourself from a couple of seasons ago. Uh, tell Lobo fans uh, a little something that you've learned so far about the newcomers and what they can expect. Man, um, I've learned a lot so far. Uh, a lot of a lot of things about uh, Baker. Um, to he's he's someone that I. First of all, he's that's my old guy, man. He's my yeah. vet, man. He's 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 someone that I always pick pick his brain about stuff and stuff like that. And um, you know, we played each other against you know in Fresno and stuff like that. So he knows my game a little bit. Yep. I know his game a little bit. So it was kind of fun to have him on the squad and stuff like that. So and he's a solid player, man. He's gonna be a good role piece for us. And then uh, dudes like Mustafa, I mean, he can really shoot the ball, man. Yeah. Really shoot the ball, stretch the floor. I mean, you you seen what he did in his uh. I forgot what the the preseason the university stuff. games. Yeah, he was going going off, man, and that's what that's what you should expect from him too. Just yeah. a player that can just shoot and, and stretch the floor and space the space the defense. Um, a lot of guys, man. Yeah. All of our guys can play, man. We got a lot of hoopers. Some of the returners too. I'll ask real quick. Donovan Dent's a guy that uh, I know is going to be backing you guys up, but yep. um, he's he's forcing his way onto the court too, though. Oh, as he should, as he should. If he puts in the work, he should get get right where he needs to be, right where he needs to be. What's uh, coaching staff like? Is uh, are they are they any different? Is is working with Coach Patino any different today than it was two three years ago when you first started playing with him? Oh yeah, much different. I mean, I think as I get better throughout the off season, coaches also to get better as well, and 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 he's gotten better every year that I've coached that I've been under him and stuff like that. Um, we've communicated a lot better. Um, you know, being more just just being more connected, just in all facets of of, of life, not just basketball related. Because at the if we're, if we're talking honestly, it's more important than just basketball. I mean, coaches we're they're raising kind of young men almost yeah. at this point. So there's different things that we got to learn, different things that we got to you know listen to, and sometimes people are hard headed about it. But I mean, I, I would say our the relationship with the coaches always tends to get better throughout every off season, every off season. Awesome. I'm gonna sign off with this one. There is a backcourt here that people know about, and you kind of alluded to, to playing with Jalen a little bit last year. Um, the two of you are forming what some people consider one of the best backcourts in the whole country. Yep. Um, you and Jalen House this year, and, and fans' expectation of the Jamal Mashburn Jr. Jalen House backcourt can be what? I would say, first of all, I don't think we one of the best. I think we are the best backcourt in the country, first of all. I think... Uh, you know, y'all should expect just just more of what we we've been doing, but at, but more connected though. Um, you know, we've we've had multiple conversations just leading up to, you know, these years about us just being on the same page at all times. And whenever we're on the same page, like I told him, like whenever we're on the same page, man, about everything, it doesn't matter if it's little or small or big, good things happen for our team, for individually ourselves for you so if we can just man we we when we're connected and we're we're flowing and we're clicking and he's fast and he's running the court and i'm across the court and he's kicking to me and i'm shooting to catch man good things happen man every time so you sound excited man i'm so excited man i i i can't wait i'm about to go to the gym after this right now i just came back from the gym <laughs> I know, right i'm about to i'm about to go back to the gym right now and get some more work in so i'm excited awesome, man well, hey, I appreciate you for doing this. I know a lot of this stuff you and I have talked about um, at pressers or in interviews in the past, but appreciate you for for going through some of that stuff again mm-hmm. and uh, and letting uh, fans, listeners um, know a little bit. And uh, good luck this season, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir.
All right, well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jamal Maspring Jr., the starting shooting guard for the Lobo basketball team. As you can see, he's pretty confident, and he thinks fans should be confident, too, about the Lobo basketball season ahead. And uh, I hope you enjoyed not just that conversation, but all the conversations we're having as part of this Talking Grammar podcast, which is a part of a larger Albuquerque Journal podcast network and, and really a larger digital movement that the Albuquerque Journal is is doing right now, where we're having a lot more digital content, including another podcast, The Midweek Blitz, which is a high school football show that comes out once a week. And there'll be more to come. So let us know what you think about these podcasts, these shows. Let us know what you think about future shows. If you have story ideas or show ideas, you can get me at ggrammar at abqjournal.com, or you can get me on Twitter at Jeff Grammar. And I hope you're enjoying this stuff. Uh, without you, none of this is possible. So hopefully you're enjoying it at abqjournal.com. You can follow all our coverage, and you can get all these podcasts and shows there as well. So hopefully you're enjoying all our content at the Albuquerque Journal. Read, hear, watch. Get, 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 get.